Hello and welcome to the Equine Physio and Rehab podcast. My name is Dr Gillian Table. I'm a chartered physiotherapist and I specialise in the treatment and rehabilitation of horses. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about feeding positions for horses. There's so much controversy about whether you should feed from the floor, how bad hay nets are, how they cause neck issues and back issues. So I want to delve into a little bit of the science behind it, the biomechanics, and obviously look at what's practical in the real world. One of the things I hope to bring you through all these podcasts is the fact that actually a lot of our considerations with horses and certainly relating to their physical health are things that we have to be pragmatic about. There often is no real correct uh, easy to do single answer. So based on um, how things are in the real world, I'd like to bring you some information so that you can make your own decisions. So in the wild, horses are prey animals and they have a very poor quality diet. So they have to spend a lot of their time on their feet being safe so they don't they can run away from predators, but also getting the nutrition they need uh, by grazing. So we think of a horse in the wild always eating from the ground, but actually in the olden days, an ancient horse, they would actually eat from bushes and from trees. And if horses are allowed access to hedgerows, we see that these days. But commonly horses are in yards and kept in sort of strict grazing where they don't have access to this. So we sort of have reduced our thought processes perhaps to thinking that they always need to feed from the ground. But their head and neck has evolved, evolved to have a really large range of motion and there's, as well as the ability for it to go up and down, it can go from side to side and then it can twist and rotate. And all of these movements should be used by the horse regularly. So if we've got a horse that's in a stable 24-7, for whatever reason that may be, whether it's because of your situation in the uh, place that you keep your horse, or maybe it's because it's on box rest because of an injury, we need to think about how we can replicate a normal grazing behaviour in the stable. So a lot of people talk about feeding ad lib, which is as much as possible from the ground, which, you know, is a valid point of view to have. But then if I bring in the idea that the horse in the wild would be browsing from hedges and from um, from trees, eating ad lib hay from the ground doesn't actually replicate that. And it doesn't take the horse's neck and the joints in the spine through a sort of full range of motion. So we need to be a little bit inventive. Perhaps there's a situation where you can arrange some kind of feeding with their head able to reach up for it. The problem with heart feeding higher is that we have to try and sort of contain the food in some way uh, so that it stays up in that uh, height uh, position. And that's when we then get resistance to the horse being able to pull the food from whatever that restraining method is. So when we look at hay nets and we look at how horses try and achieve um, their nutrition from a hay net, you see that they have to tug the hay through the, um, the gaps between the ropes. If you've got a large hold hay net, then see that makes it easier. But small hold hay nets are used quite commonly to slow down the rate of feeding. Because that's another consideration, 
A horse that is in a stable for long durations needs to keep eating for long durations, again, as it would do in the wild. So if we've got a horse with a quantity of food um, that is its amount that it can eat through a day and you put it on the floor and it eats it all within three hours and then it stood there for a further 12 hours with no food, then that's going to have consequences. We know that we have issues with the um, digestive system, so we have problems with gastric ulcers if they're not kept um, eating all the time, you know, the, the forage going through them. But also boredom and behavioural issues such as stereotypies uh, do come into the mix as well if they're not feeding for long durations. So that's why people have to use these systems and tools to try and slow down the feeding. So going back to hay nets, large whole hay nets uh, allow the food to be pulled out from a higher a level. So they try and sort of contain the food a little bit, which helps it if it's going to be mixed with the bedding and wasted. But large hold hay nets comes with risks such as a horse being able to put their foot through the holes. And then we have heard some horrible stories of horses, you know, have actually lost horses because of injuries um, when they've got caught up in their feet, caught up in hay nets. So that's where we go to our smaller hold hay nets. And then if we've got a horse that we're trying to restrict its intake using multi-layered hay nets is something that is suggested, but that can increase frustration because the horse can't get the hay out or it can get literally one strand of it out at a time. Uh, so, you know, really this is the, the problem. There is no single answer. If you have looked at some of the uh, actual devices that are on the market. Uh, we've got some what we call slow feeders now, which are usually sort of plastic dustbins or um, you know big cubes that you can put the hay in and they have a, a grid over the top of them and the horse can pull the hay up. So they're in a sort of more natural feeding position than they would be with a hay net at eye height for long durations. But the problem with that is if they are, um, it, it's difficult for them to get the food out, then they are tugging their food up upwards. And that's not something they would do in the wild because the grass doesn't really put up much resistance when it's in the field or, you know, out on the plains. So they wouldn't have to tug to pull up. The other option is to have something like a hay bar where you've got the food um, in a sort of triangular uh, corner of the, the stable or behind a, a wooden um, a wooden dividing panel that's quite useful for keeping the food out of the bedding and the horse is in a sort of lowered head position while it's grazing but then that's not restricting the feeding or slowing the rate of feeding down as much as possible so what do i think the answer is if you've got a horse on box rest and you have to manage its feeding then we need to think about a range of positions we need to think about increasing the duration of feeding and also we need to think about what posture that particular horse is in when it eats from a hay net. I say that particular horse from a hay net because I have seen some that purely just eat uh, slowly and they take a few strands out at a time, they don't get frustrated with their hay net and actually I can see no consequences with that. And then we've got other horses, as I said, end up sort of tugging and pulling and applying force through their body in um, a sort of twisted and rotated position. So the variety of feeding positions is ideal. So we have 
80% of their time perhaps eating from a lowered position, and then we have 20% of the time from a higher position. And when we look at the research, we can see that the posture of the horse has been assessed biomechanically with varying levels of hay nets. And we see that when the hay net is high, then the back does go into a hollowed lowered position. And when the hay net is low and then the head and neck is low, then the back is in a less extended hollowed position. So we know that from a postural point of view, there are the considerations for spending long durations of time in these relative um, high or low positions. And actually from another study that looked at uh, the position of the head and neck and what influence that has on the space between the spinous processes in the back of the horse. So we know that uh, we have concerns about issues such as kissing spines. So this is of particular interest to people that have got horses that have got close or overriding dorsal spinous processes. We know that when the head is uh, lower than a neutral position, so when the chin is sort of relatively uh, level with the knees, that's when we get increased spacing between those spinous processes. And when we have the head in a higher position, we know that those spaces get smaller. So again, that fit, fits into the position that the, uh, sorry, the idea that the lower head position is ideal and the research does back it up on that. But this is where I want to reinforce the message that a variety of feeding positions is something that you should be considering. There is no one right way to use all the time, much like any posture is no good if it's the posture that we stay in 100% of the time. We should never be fixed in one position. We should have a variety of movement to keep those joints as uh, flexible as they possibly can. And that is especially important when you've got a horse that is only in its stable. If it's not getting out to move, uh, then we need to do things for that horse to actually uh, influence those ranges of motion and make sure that we're keeping those joints and the spine as healthy as possible. So yeah, it, it's being pragmatic about the fact that um, the ideal that's often said about ad-lib hay from the floor is not ideal for every horse. If we need to slow down the rate of feeding because we can't just keep putting more and more hay on the floor, then we need to actually uh, use one of these tools and devices to slow the feeding. So whichever you choose, make sure that you watch your horse eating from it and see if you can work out when your horse has finished feeding from it and when uh, or how long it took them to get to the point where they'd finished with it. And then you can um, make a judgment about your individual horse. And then just a, another note to add is that if you are interested in keeping your horse occupied in the stable, there's a few what we call enrichment feeding methods that you can do. There's things called snuffle boxes where people have a cardboard box, they put hay in it and then they add treats. So bits of carrot and apple and maybe a little bit of their food in it. And the horse has to experiment about how they can get into the box and um, 
so long as they're not scared of it, of course, but the actual uh, time they spend working that out can be really good for their mental well-being. I've also seen various uh, toys that you can buy that you can put food in and that they hang you know you can wedge carrots in them and those they can be useful but just be careful because they can if the horse can't access the food easily they can cause frustration and also I've seen them and I've hit my head on them myself but I've seen them when they swing and they can knock the horse's head which isn't exactly the outcome that you want so take a look at them and um, see whether you can invent something yourself you don't have to spend lots of money on it like I said a cardboard box uh, so long as it doesn't have any metal staples or anything like that in it of course but a cardboard box with food and uh, can uh, keep your horse occupied for a fair duration of time while they're in their stable but for more ideas on enrichment feeding i would just go on to google and type in uh, enrichment feeding for horses and you'll come up with lots of free information on the internet about um, some ideas to keep your horse occupied if they are in their stable for long durations so that's all for this podcast. If you've got any questions or any comments, um, please do leave them. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook uh, at Dr. Gillian Tabor Physio. And if you go to my website, which is www.gilliantabor.co.uk, you'll see links to a couple of online courses that you can access um, from the comfort of your own home. I can see clients in Devon, in England, and if you are in Devon, I can also help you with your rehab. We can meet online and I can help you plan and I can support you if your horse is uh, going through rehab or post-surgery. So thank you very much for your time and for listening and I'll see you on the next podcast.